Are you looking for more ways to learn about military and veteran culture? Are you a mental health professional or public health professional without lived experience in the military but find yourself working with veterans? Are you a caregiver or a family member of a veteran? Then you might be interested in a series of books that have been released with you in mind. By going to veteranmentalhealth.com forward slash books, you can check out three books that give you an insight into veteran mental health from a combat veteran perspective. These books are a collection of short, consumable essays that discuss a wide range of topics related to mental health and wellness in post-military life. Head on over to veteranmentalhealth.com forward slash books and check them out for yourself or follow the link in the show notes. Welcome to episode 112 of the Headspace and Timing podcast. This episode's going out a little late on Thursday due to some crazy travel and advocacy work that I did this week. Along with my clinical work and the stuff that I do with the blog and the podcast, I'm also involved in legislative advocacy for veteran mental health and professional counselors. I had an opportunity, thanks to the American Counseling Association Government Affairs Committee, to travel to Washington, D.C. to talk about how professional counselors can make an impact on the veteran suicide epidemic. I was able to meet with my local representatives, including Senator Cory Gardner and Senator Michael Bennett's chief of staff, as well as the key legislative aides for both the House and Senate Veterans Affairs Committees. There are a lot of dedicated folks on Capitol Hill who are trying to make an impact, and I appreciate them taking their time to talk about how we, as communities, can make a huge difference in this problem. So on to the sneak preview for the lineup in May. This month, we have a couple of great veterans sharing how they're trying to influence the conversation about veteran mental health, a couple of great clinicians sharing their unique insights in supporting veterans, a couple of great organizations, a documentary, and a world-famous journalist with some particular ideas about veterans at homecoming. Welcome to the Headspace and Timing Podcast, a show dedicated to breaking down the stereotypes around veteran mental health. My name is Dwayne France, and I'm a retired Army non-commissioned officer and a combat veteran of both Iraq and Afghanistan. After retiring from the Army, I took on a new mission as a clinical mental health counselor for my fellow service members. If you served in any branch of the military, then you're familiar with the M2 machine gun, the 50 cal. It's one of the most effective weapons in the military's arsenal. If the weapon's headspace and timing wasn't set correctly, however, it was just a useless chunk of metal. Veterans can be rendered inoperable if their headspace and timing's not set correctly either. That's my goal with this show, to change the way that we think and talk about veteran mental health and reduce the stigma against seeking support. Each week, we'll talk with mental health professionals, veterans, and those who support service members, veterans, and their families. We're going to have real and honest conversations about a topic that most just don't like to talk about, veteran mental health. Let's jump into this week's conversation. On episode 113, we have a veteran, retired law enforcement officer, and mental health professional Vic Dufley on the show to share his unique perspective of both military and first responder experiences. If someone ingrains a negative thought or aspect and they believe it to be true, even if it's not true, it is true. And it'll have that negative effect on them, and they'll carry it until they get to challenge that reality validly, that someone tells them, is that really the case? It, you know, should that have been said? Should that have been done? I had an individual give me an absolute nightmare scenario of a cascading series of horrific events that happened to him one very bad day uh, in uh, uh, the Hobo Woods in Vietnam. Every decision he made made sense on the face of it. There was nothing that you could point at that was a wrong call, and yet every one of them moved him closer and closer and closer to being completely out of control 
and in a state of disaster. The fact that he survived was a miracle. I said, listen, what you just described to me, if I was training a team, I never would have done that because it was an impossible set of circumstances for you to overcome. There is no way for you to win that. So the fact that you won that is a miracle. The fact that you're still here is a miracle, and I'm glad you're here. You're not a coward. You're not useless. You did what you had to do to survive in a circumstance you never should have been in, and you continue to serve. It's all honorable and good. Let's let's go from there. For 40-some-odd years, the guy thought he was a coward. And uh, no, not only no, but hell no. I'm always appreciative of the opportunity to talk to veterans who become mental health professionals. And if you're in Connecticut, then Vic's one of the guys to reach out to if you're looking for a therapist. In this clip, Vic talks about how long-standing negative thoughts can become real enough to cause lasting damage. On episode 114, we're highlighting a great organization that's approaching veteran mental health and wellness in a unique way, merging vets and players. The executive director of MVP, Jacob Toops, joins the show to talk about what the program is and how it supports both veterans and professional athletes. This combination is backed in evidence and research, too, which is really exciting. Like I've mentioned before, there's some really amazing stuff coming around physical activity and mental health and being in shape and reaching goals and like you know, doing all those amazing things. And I think that that transitions so nicely into just getting some peer support. You know, for us, it, it is like that undercurrent that's happening around like our program. The model is simple. But it's also so backed in very simplistic things that simplicity sometimes actually is efficiency and innovative um, and all the things that maybe both of these communities were missing. The two communities that Jacob talks about are veterans in their post-military life and professional athletes in their post-athletic career. NVP brings both of them together, not just to provide physical fitness, but also to address mental, emotional, and psychological well-being in both populations. On episode 115, I had the opportunity to have a great conversation with combat veteran Tom Voss about the documentary that chronicled the journey that he and a fellow veteran took called Almost Sunrise. Tom talks about the struggle to replace or mask his combat experiences. There's two pathways that I've kind of, of witnessed is finding something to replace that feeling, you know, whether it's uh, doing adrenaline sports. You know, when we got back from our deployment, like I think four, five or six of us ended up getting crotch rockets, you know, just immediately. We're like, you know, it gets you it gets you going. You get to a little danger in your life. And so, like, I think that's one way. And some people do it with exercise. Some people do it with extreme sports. Or the path that I kind of took was, you know, I ended up using a bunch of, of alcohol and prescription medications and, and different things like that to kind of mask a lot of the experiences that I went through. So um, either way, I think you're trying to just replace or mask over the actual traumatic events or the actual experiences with something, you know, external. And it all really needs to be addressed by you. And you have a saying, what you resist persists in your life. So this stuff's not going to go away if you're not going to address it. It just, it's just going to keep compounding and manifesting itself in different ways in your life. The documentary, Almost Sunrise, has developed a significant following and led to some honest discussions about moral injury, which he and I talk about in this show. After checking out his episode, I highly recommend that you take a look at the documentary. On episode 116, we have a clinician who's an expert on veteran mental health, Dr. Shauna Springer. Doc Springer, as she's called, is a senior director for suicide prevention and postvention for the Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors. Like many of the discussions here, Doc Springer talks about the necessity and benefit of talking about the psychological and emotional problems that veterans are experiencing rather than keeping them hidden and continuing the shame. I had a conversation just last week with a Marine who 
talked about meeting up with a former battle buddy and uh, actually somebody who outranked him. And that person brought up the topic of fear when you're in a combat zone. You know, that sometimes we don't even admit to feeling intense fear when you're about to go into combat and things are about to go kinetic. And so just talking about the fear that they experienced helped both of them just dissolve that fear, the shame around the fear that's generated when those things stay hidden. So there is a real and just profound power in flushing these things out with people that are safe to hear them and that don't think any differently of you, that you can just reckon with them and and confront them head on to really move through them. In our conversation, she talks about her unique background and how, while not a veteran, early life experiences help her relate to veterans in a very real and effective way. Speaking of folks who aren't veterans but can relate to veterans in an authentic way, episode 117 is a conversation that I had with Sebastian Younger. For many veterans, he's someone that needs no introduction. His book War and his documentaries Restrepo and Korengal solidified him as one of the most recognizable and respected combat correspondents of the global war on terror. It's his book Tribe, though, that many veterans relate to regarding how challenging it is to return to a disconnected society after living in a supportive communal culture. You know, I talked to a young woman after I gave a talk. This young woman came up to me and she said that she was a, a cancer survivor and that she'd spent quite a long time on a cancer ward with other people who had cancer, and she was one of the lucky ones, like she survived. And she gave me the saddest look, and she said, now I miss being sick, which she missed the community of those people, and half of them were going to die. And she didn't know if she was going to be one of them. She still missed it. So people need community. And when you take someone out of a platoon, maybe they're in a support unit, maybe they never got shot at, never, nothing happened, right? But you take them out of that platoon, and you put them back down to society, they're going to struggle. They're humans. We're wired to be with others. And when, once we've been exposed to that, then it's taken away. It's very, very hard to maintain a uh, you know, psychological health. Sebastian and I have a great conversation about what he thinks some of the problems are and how veterans often seem like they're placed on the shelf and set aside, respectfully, when they try to reintegrate into society. Our conversation is a great companion to some of the thoughts that he lays out in Tribe and help me understand his thoughts in a deeper way. I'm really pleased to be able to highlight an important effort on episode 118, the Thursday before Memorial Day. Michael and Kelly Rodriguez joined me to talk about the Global War on Terrorism Memorial Foundation. This was especially important to me yesterday as I was in D.C. with all of the awe-inspiring memorials. Rod talks about the planning and development of the memorial and what he and others hope it means for those who are fighting in our nation's longest sustained conflict and for those that they're fighting for. You know, this memorial will... We'll, we'll capture that. You know, one of the questions we ask, someone stands before this memorial, what do you want to feel? What do you want people to feel? This young soldier who uh, had never deployed, this soldier said something. He was a young, young kid. He was like 20 years old, maybe 21. He's the same age as my son. And he was very deep in thought. And we had, you know, we go around discussing. He goes, you know, I want, I want people to feel safe. I want people to stand before this memorial and realize that there are men and women willing to stand up to serve and protect. And I was like blown away. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're, you're right. You, you, you know, he saw something more. He saw the empowerment piece within this memorial. He saw the strength and might behind just being a damn American. You know, he saw that in his piece of the American people and, and, and who is willing to step up and serve. And service comes in so many shapes and forms. Kelly, who's also a veteran, hopes that the memorial will educate those who haven't served about the real nature of the people who serve in the armed forces rather than what people think we are. The idea that 
every soldier, every service member is a war fighter in the fact that they're, they're like Michael said, hunting down bad guys. And it's, you know, I don't know what the number is exactly, but it's something like 20 to 1. You know, for every every gunslinger, so to speak, there's somebody supporting it. There's somebody sending bullets. There's somebody sending food. There's somebody driving it. There's a medic somewhere. You know, there's somebody working the radios. Um, there's so many more things that happen in the military. And, again, it's that misunderstanding I think we have. But I, I think that's an important part to tell, too. It's not everybody just shooting bad guys. It's, you know, our military is way stronger and way smarter than that. This is an important discussion and an important topic as we approach Memorial Day. I hear the complaints every year that Memorial Day has become a day for sales and barbecues and people fail to realize the importance of it. However, our conversation on this topic is a critical one for us to remember the true meaning of Memorial Day. On episode 119, we connect with another mental health professional, Dr. Jessica B. Stern. One of the goals that I have with this show is to help veterans who may be listening to understand some of the different types of therapy that are out there in order to address some of the problems left over from our military service. Dr. Stern and I have a great conversation about cognitive behavioral therapy and how it helps veterans and their families resolve some of these concerns. Yes, and this gets at the point of sort of CBT and being able to utilize treatment effectively is, is it impacting your functioning? And if it's not impacting your functioning, then it's not necessarily something we have to um, modify or get rid of. And so the question is, is it impacting you negatively? And if not, then that's something that we can leave. We don't have to worry about changing it. And so we're not trying to get rid of every military skill set or philosophy or anything like that that you were trained in. It's just a matter of modifying things that are holding you back. I think I talk about it in the show, but I often tell the veterans that I work with, if you want to go live in a bus in the woods like Gary Busey from Black Sheep, and you know why you're doing it, and you're not hurting yourself or your family or doing anything illegal, then go for it. It's a free country, and if what you're doing doesn't bother you, then you don't have to change it because someone else thinks you should. If it is causing problems in your life, though, like disrupting relationships or unhealthy behaviors, then it's something that can and should be addressed. And finally, on episode 120, we have veteran Kimberly Franco, a suicide prevention program manager for the Army Reserves, talking about her organization, One Common Bond. I do think it's important to, to know what's available out there because we don't necessarily need everybody to be trainers or we don't need everybody that's doing housing. There's so many things just when we identify gaps, that's what that's where you make the most impact. Kimberly lost her brother to suicide and like many of us who served have lost a number of those that we served to suicide. She, like others, is doing what she can, where she can, to make an impact in her community. So there you have it. Some great shows coming up in May. We're also developing a number of different projects to include another series specifically focusing on veteran suicide in September and partnering with the National Veteran Mental Health Organization, Given Hour, to highlight their campaign to change direction in June. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss these great episodes. You can find us on a bunch of different platforms at veteranmentalhealth.com forward slash platforms. While you're there, make sure to drop us a rating or review as it helps get the word out about veteran mental health. If you want to find the show notes for this episode, go to veteranmentalhealth.com forward slash HST112. We're always looking for guests. You can drop me a line at info at veteranmentalhealth.com to recommend guests, or you can go to veteranmentalhealth.com forward slash guest to fill out a suggestion or request. Just a reminder that the guests and information in this show are for educational purposes only and not meant to be considered professional advice. While I'm a therapist, I'm not your therapist. If something you've heard makes you think that you should talk to somebody, then reach out to do so. I'd like to thank Doc Todd for giving us permission to use his track Not Alone from his album Combat Medicine. Doc's trying to bring the discussion about veteran mental health out of the darkness, and you can see all of his work at therealdoctod.com. 
Make sure to join us for all of these great episodes. Hit subscribe on your podcast player of choice so you don't miss them. And until then, remember, veterans, you're not alone, ever. The struggle is real, found a piece and lost a soul Eventually my drinking, it got out of control There in darkness I roam, struggling to find home See suddenly death didn't feel so alone 22 a day, destination unknown It could have been avoided if you picked up the phone But now you're gone, so I guess all we get is the tone Nothing but bone weeds, overgrown, pushing up stones I've triumphed over enemies, co-creating enemies Broke out facilities that tried to put an end to me R.I.P. I'd rather grind in tranquility Authentic Tennessee, embrace my ability Looking for more ways to learn about military and veteran culture? Are you a mental health professional or public health professional without lived experience in the military but find yourself working with veterans? Are you a caregiver or a family member of a veteran? Then you might be interested in a series of books that have been released with you in mind. By going to veteranmentalhealth.com forward slash books, you can check out three books that give you an insight into veteran mental health from a combat veteran perspective. These books are a collection of short, consumable essays that discuss a wide range of topics related to mental health and wellness in post-military life. Head on over to veteranmentalhealth.com forward slash books and check them out for yourself or follow the link in the show notes.